Hello and welcome to Make Language Great Again. Today I want to talk about dealing with uncertainty and about the importance of absolutely refusing to become a zombie. I think that, well, the predators that want to eat us, they obviously want us to become a zombie first. And I want to talk about the mechanism. But before I talk about the mechanism, uh, I want to say something that is extremely important. And I keep pounding that message and pounding and pounding and pounding because I think it really matters. I think that while it is extremely important to understand you know, the technical detail and the mechanics and all those things, it is not what ultimately gets it out. Because there have been thousands, maybe you know, hundreds of thousands of books written about all sorts of important things and vital knowledge. And it is good to understand all that. But look where we are right now, despite all those books, despite all that knowledge and education. So we act not so much on our logic or even on our knowledge to some degree, but we act on feelings. I mean, really, that's how human beings are. And uh, that is the primary area where I think we have to focus on, especially we're in a culture where we are taught since early childhood, that it's all about being smart. It's all about ego. It's all about intellectual understanding. And really the abilities of an intellect, even the mightiest intellect are very limited comparing to many other senses that we have. And ultimately it's about you know, winning. It's about being happy. It's about protecting ourselves. And we definitely should be using all tools we have. And again, thinking about it as just a military strategy or you know a toolkit in a mechanical way, that is actually a trap. Because I think that in order to win, and in order to win in the Great Reset, we have to actually snap out of that entire mode of perception and thinking and feeling altogether and get to a state where it's raw, where we're you know, like we're magical creatures between Earth and the sky, and there's awe and joy, and everything is a relationship. And really, all the cultures had a lot of wisdom about things because today we think primitive. They were, you know, well, not all of us think that, but uh, it is a very popular, dominant piece of propaganda, really, like propaganda campaign against the power of emotions and intuition and spiritual powers. That has been a campaign that is centuries old to disable people's ability to protect themselves really well. And uh, well, that's a whole other topic for conversation. Maybe I'll touch upon that. But first, I want to talk about the mechanism of a parasite or a predator. I've been thinking about it a lot. And if you think about it, like let's think about it from the standpoint of a parasite. If you are a parasite, then you want your host to either not be aware of your presence or feel too helpless to even think about getting rid of you or think or, or think that you're attractive and somehow beneficial to the host or feel too guilty, like feel guilty uh, about getting rid of you. So probably not knowing is the best the best condition. And then parasites biologically and also in the psychological sense use all those tricks. And, and that's 
that's that's actual that's the trick. I think that pride is a very easy well receptor, if you want to use that word, for a parasite, for a psychological parasite to uh hook onto. Because with pride, pride is a shallow emotion. And by that I mean by pride, I mean not being curious enough, being so rigid in your feeling of superiority in your worldview, intellectual talking points, that you don't even consider uh, new information in a way because you already know that you're right. And that is a very easy, again, receptor to hook onto if you are a parasite or a predator because that can be easily manipulated. Pride is an emotion that doesn't have great deep roots in reality. It's hooked onto different well, ghost concepts, different delusions. And so meaning can be substituted. And then you think you believe in one thing, you really believe in another thing already because the meaning has changed. But your emotions are still attached to the old concept, like what they did with the vaccines. But I mean, this it, it's an old, centuries-old trick. Uh, and also, I, I really think that they did that, unfortunately, and it breaks my heart, they did that with the word God as well, when they completely turned it upside down, where, I mean, it really is all about love. And I don't think God is about anything but love. But they changed it to use it for politics and manipulation conquest. And I think that is one of the most treacherous substitutions of meanings that was done throughout human history. But now they're doing it with medicine. And it's the same principle, substitution of meaning. But then in order to disable the host, whether it's psychological or biologically, if you want, if you want to feed off the host as opposed to kill the host immediately, then, then it makes sense to disable natural defenses, right? I mean, that's that's the primary task. And again, that can be done by either making bad things feel actually good and attractive or by inserting helplessness or by inserting uh, inserting a feeling of guilt. And all this works. And then, again, I mentioned that in another video, but I listened to a presentation by Dr. Tal Brown and I thought it was completely brilliant. And he was talking, he was actually talking about the mechanisms of poison on biological level mostly, how Poison in slow, like slow poison uses the mechanisms, uh, the resources of the victim to destruct the victim so that the, 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 the creature that issues the poison, that they don't have to waste their resources. So that the victim does essentially a killing job all on their own after they have the poison inside. And that is such a fundamental philosophical concept because I was thinking about all this feeling of zombiehood that showed up in the past two years. Well, first of all, it didn't start in the past two years. It had to be built on the foundation of all those things like consumerism, too busy schedule, you know, general disrespect for the spirit of having our society. Like we've been, as a collective identity, we've been hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered with, you know, a bag of bricks on our heads. For, for a very long time and generationally too. But what happened happened in the past two years is that 
people were intentionally exhausted and stressed out so much and terrified and forced into betraying their fundamental instinct of self-defense. Not only they were tricked into defining that, uh, that instinct, they were actually tricked to reverse it, what they would be doing for self-defense, as in being skeptical about Big Pharma, which is a natural instinct because Big Pharma has a pretty shady history. So instead of that, instead of being skeptical about Big Pharma and novel products, and propaganda campaigns of fear that were kind of obvious that that's what they were doing. They started attacking the skeptical ones, like many people, because, and they felt like they had to attack and really dislike the skeptical ones because the skeptical ones they suddenly perceived were endangering them. So they were self-defending. And that's a genius substitution of values, not even values, substitution of fundamental feeling. And that's what a product does. And that is uh, one example. Well, another example from my own life. I was some years ago taking a lot of courses in marketing. So I really extensively started marketing. And there was this, there was this marketer, very popular, I guess, Frank Pern, and he was selling the system of fear-based marketing. And and I got in a webinar because, you know, I'm curious. I, I like to hear different people. I was absolutely positive that I was not going to buy this course. I was positive. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Within about five, 10 minutes, I bought the course. I gave my credit card. And then I gave my credit card. And I was like, what in the hell did it just happen? Like, how did it happen? I, It was like a hypnosis almost, right? He stressed me out so much by telling me how I'm going to miss out, how everybody, and not just me, I mean, it was a webinar, but he was talking about how, okay, so this system is so genius and it's going to get your results. And if you don't use it, you're going to be left out and everybody's going to be, uh, you know, rich and, and successful and enjoying life. And you're going to be crying in the corner because you are, you know, you, you were not brave enough to, to do that. But actual bravery, vaccine campaign, how they use bravery. That's, that's a good hook. But I, that, that demonstrated to me that you know, being proud about how smart you are and all that, meaningless. Because if people manipulate you, and if you don't have enough confidence in your internal thing, then they can get you. And that, I mean, that's just one example. I think we all make a ton of mistakes. And another thing that it taught me, like one of the many things in life taught me that conclusion is that even once you reach certain level of grounding and confidence, uh, still no reason to be very proud because, well, and also no reason to look down on others because we all learn, we go through, we usually make mistakes before we, before we learn. So it's much better to support each other while also obviously doing it with respect for yourself and dignity for your spirit. But also, being kind to others, I think, makes sense because uh, nobody's perfect. But so I want to zoom in again on the mechanism where parasite uses uses your own weaknesses, your own resources to destroy you or put you in a state of stupor. So if you talk about okay, like a spider, like a spider who who would 
catch a fly, not quite kill a fly, but trap a fly so that the fly is kind of like slowly dying. And then that's kind of an exaggerated example of that stupor. It can also be emotional. So I think when people feel like kind of this like fog or no emotion, no aliveness, and they accept it, when they accept it, that's a victory of a predator, hopefully temporary. And I catch it in myself all the time. I mean, like things are stressful and there's lots of crap happening and there's lots of uncertainty. And a lot of people are broken. And when they're broken, they don't act according to their own spirit, really. And it, it can be painful and it can build up. And so like, I have to re remind myself all the time and and not just remind, but actually, you know, work through that and just like push through that whenever I feel a temptation to accept that, you know, the zombie life is out there for us. So I think it's critical. And look what happened with COVID, you know, post-COVID health response and all that stress here, actual toxicity from spike protein, whichever form it comes in. And so many people, I mean, there's lots of vital emotions. There's zombification. People have lost you know, like sex drives. And it is not, it is not natural. What I'm trying to say, it's not natural. And this whole idea that, okay, so I suppose zombiehood it is. I mean, we'll just try to survive and have food, have good things, or have comfort. Like it is obviously very good to have comfort. Like I'm all for it, and I and I want it, and I love it, and I and I don't like otherwise. But uh, accepting zombiehood is a trick of a predator. So whenever, whenever somebody is accepting zombiehood, they've been poisoned. And, and that's a big part of the great reset. And then of course it goes back into how the same sentiment was used historically. And again, that part, that, that part breaks my heart because this is a very old trick and telling a child, a child is defective by birth, I think, I think is a really horrible thing to do to a child because that just messes with the natural aliveness, natural development and vibrancy and the spirit, really. And when that is done in the name of the spirit, that's, that's a total, like, that's a really bad trick. Not by the parents, because parents usually are sincere. They, you know, they do their best. But by the ever invented that notion. So I think we're dealing with centuries of really, really, really bad emotional setup. And that's why we're getting the creature set. Because if the majority of people today were in a state that is alive, that they had nothing to do with zombiehood then, well, then really the great resetters would have, the only means that they would have is direct violence, is what they, you know, how it has been done historically to 
conquer the cultures that were in a state of aliveness, genuinely. So, so I mean, it can still be done with violence, but what they're doing right now, it's a very, very, very hidden violence in a way, because they are messing with people's heads. They're poisoning people with lots of things and from, from the spike to, to ideas and to bad emotions. And that is a predatory mode. And well, leaders are not supposed to be predators, right? I mean, like we're kind of used to accepting this idea that yeah, leaders are corrupt, they don't love us. But realizing that we're actually ruled by a bunch of insane predators, that explains a lot about the world. And that just like there were kings in the Middle Ages or before emperors who really didn't give a damn about their subjects. They, it's just, you know, the subjects are good to make, like to do work, to produce things, or to be part of an army, to do conquests. That's the purpose of a regular citizen, right? So nothing changed. We're still in the world where we're ruled by insane, insane predators also cookie on the head because they think that they can replace people with robots which is an absolutely ridiculous idea so but it can be mesmerizing like really it it is actually not that hard to confuse a human being a smart human being intellectually developed human being and the way to get out of it i think is to train myself very firmly to be completely alive, to refuse to be zombie, to be brave, to practice love, genuine love, not, again, not, not cheesy, not made up, just talking point love, actual love, which is difficult. And deal with challenges that come our way. Deal with them from the heart. Deal with them head on. Deal with them genuinely. And the truth is that the truth is is that the times are difficult, and what's common with us, we don't even know because you know we win our battles, and I deeply admire every you know, freedom fighter, every human being who's trying to resist the monster. But to you know, they have a lot of money. They are trying to move forward with the digital currency and passports and all all those things, the fourth industrial revolution, that is insane. And as of the second, we don't know what's going to happen. We know that sooner or later that's going to pass and that's going to fall on its face. And I believe that deeply, but we don't know the timing. We don't know when, we don't know how long it takes. And, and we have to deal with a lot of uncertainty. And I think a lot of people are still in denial because they're too busy. They, it, it's very hard to imagine for a human being that there's such level of evil, such level of such level of craziness that is sitting on the throne somewhere and driving the changes that impact us. But if we look back at history, this is how it went, and we are uh, we're just one of the generations that are doing that. So. My point is, as difficult as it is, as difficult as it is, we have to snap out of fear completely. We have to, I think, really 
give vigilance about our own internals, which I believe with passion is the most important thing. Is the most important thing why we're here on this earth is to develop our internals, our soul, to grow our soul, to be to be grounded and to live in harmony with with all the high powers. And and you know with the spirit and with, with nature. And in fact, you, you know, I think that this whole concept of taking people away from nature, that is actually a parasite trick, a predator trick, because we get our powers from nature. We get our powers to resist, we get our health. We we really depend on our soil and the sun and good food and no poisons in our food, water, or, or air to be healthy. So once that's taken away, we are in the realm of the artificial where we're dependent on paid for services, essentially, to substitute and to, 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 to cure us. But the disease came from, fundamentally, from not having the connection to things that are designed to keep us healthy. And, but we don't think about it. Like normal Western person doesn't really think about it because we're busy, we have other things to worry about. But if you think about it, like if you think about it like a child, like a five-year-old child, this is so simple. We were robbed of our connection to nature and we are paying the price. And I'm not so sure that we can fix things without fixing the fundamentals. I think we can put patches and, you know, save ourselves in this particular circumstance. Maybe we feel lucky we can maneuver and this is also important. But as a civilization, we can't go around the fact that we've separated ourselves from our foundation. And when we did so, we signed up for this collectively. Because it is so when we chose to when we chose collectively to declare that nature was either an enemy or the devil or a resource, as opposed to a mysterious, mysterious you know, partner, parent, because we all come from, from nature, we are nature as well. That inevitably leads to consequences that are not good for us. It's like, okay, if you have a parent and if you if you harm your parent knowingly, like you're going to be messed up. And I think this is what's happening. And another important thing that I want to stress is that it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely critical to insist on dignity and to love our own soul. Even, even if people are acting stupid at the time, even if people temporarily reject who you are, really, really who you are, then it's our obligation to stick to, stick to who we are in earnest and to keep pushing through. Because the great resetter's dream is for us to solve the train. The great Rosetta's dream is for us to betray our loved ones. The great Rosetta's dream 
is for us to become cowards. And that is that is something we absolutely should not do. We're alive. And we are going to win sooner or later. We don't know when. Have to be you know, not disappointed if we don't win immediately and hope to win as soon as possible, but not get disappointed if there's setbacks and just keep pushing through. So that is that. Thank you. Bye-bye.